We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready. That's Martin Palomo. He's with me today as well. You guys can't see him. I can see him. We've started doing this in a way where we can see one another, which is good because if like I want to uh, send him a, a, a one finger salute, I can. The number one. Uh, but you know things like that. We can we can talk to one another. But I uh, got got some stuff planned for you here today. We'll be with you for about 50 minutes or so, probably. Here on this edition of the big show. Again, it's brought to you by Pinnacle. We'll get to Martin to talk about Pinnacle in just a moment. I'll tell you real quick that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. And he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Corey's been a guest on this show. He's really, uh, yeah, look, he's trying to make money. He's trying to sell cars. But he also doesn't want you to get kind of messed over in a um weird car market that is still a really weird car market if you're searching for a vehicle like we're getting ready to search for a vehicle vehicles are suddenly hard to find Mm. so you want to make sure that uh you don't get taken advantage of out there Corey will give you a quote you can use that quote as a uh focus point base point moving forward or uh do what i've done but i recommend that you do and that's get into a clark ford you'll love the relationship that you'll have with them over the course of time Great product, great service, and more from Clark Ford, 662-257-1900. And, Martin, what's going on there at uh, Pinnacle? Man, uh, we are grooving. Uh, it's Man, it's kind of – I I kind of – you know how, like, sometimes batters get into slumps if they've had – they've been in their head <clears> – <throat> been in their head or something's been off in their game. Or, like, surfers, if they get off the wave, it's uh, – you know, trying to get back on is harder than just staying on the wave. And uh, never surfed, but I played enough baseball to know um, about streaks and slumps. And when you're when you're uh, when you're Ill, when you're on a streak, the ball looks big and it's coming at you in a way that you can just sort of see it really well. And when you are in a uh, when you're in a slump, it just feels like everything you're doing is wrong. 
your body feels wrong in the batter's box. You can't get your footing correct. You can't get your timing right. And then when you do hit a ball hard, it's right at somebody. And it's like, son of a, that's the difference. Yeah, I, I know. Well, we've been, uh, we have been, so the transition was a huge deal, you know, when we transitioned the business and, and, and man, we started, uh, about a year and three months ago, we got it fully transitioned in about nine, 10 months, but getting everything back, like, you know, into an operating function, because we've had to make a couple of adjustments here and there. And man, I finally feel like that we, uh, we are in our stride again, where the ball is big and, uh, and I can kind of predict where it's coming and we're back into our groove with, um, with just, this is going to sound silly, but like just meeting with clients on a, on a regular schedule. Uh, cause I, I like, I need a routine to kind of be in the groove of things. And when we were in this transition and then we bought the company, um, you know, from Stacy and, and, and the other gen one owners, it, uh, it was just not in our things were not in a routine it was something that was abnormal and uh man we're finally like back into our routines again so it feels and of course markets have been um you know not awesome up until the end of june beginning of july which has made the you know the head part of the of the game a little a little tougher but man we're we're grooving again um you know getting back to what we're good at which is being in front of clients talking about what's going on in their lives, what's going on in the world, how does that impact their, you know, what their plan is and, uh, you know, and, and making sure that we're doing what we're supposed to do and, and, uh, and, and serving our, serving our folks. So, man, that's, that's what's going on in our world. Um, and I know this, this year has probably been disruptive for a lot of folks with, you know, looking at their 401k statements, looking at their investment statements and probably having a little bit of panic. Um, mm-hmm. and man, if that describes, you and if usually when there's panic, um, sometimes there's not a plan in place and, uh, to kind of fall back to say, Hey, everything's okay. We're going to be all right. And, um, and if you don't have a plan in place, that's the easiest, you know, rest your head at night, uh, solution. So, uh, man, a lot of folks from the show have called and, um, we're grateful for that. It's, you know, I, we do this because it's kind of fun. I kind of enjoy hanging out with you. Neil, but, everyone uh, does martin everyone likes me <laughs> I mean, that, things that things that never get said for a thousand alex there you go i like hanging out with neil over the internet <laughs> and recording a podcast for a thousand uh, but no man i've uh you know I, I enjoy it and and it's just a it's kind of fun to teach man and um and talk about what's going on but it's also cool when we can help people yeah and a lot of our listeners have called and said hey what you said makes sense and, and we need some help. So, uh, you know, if that's you or describes you, give us a call and if we can help, we will certainly be happy to. And if we can't, it's all right. We'll still try to get you in the right direction. It's um, my 601-957-0323. Also my pinwealth.com M Y P N wealth.com. All right. You mentioned the markets a couple of times and here lately, Martin, when we uh, start doing a little show prep for our Thursday get together, I, I, I've told you I'm, I'm transparent about this. I, I, I use the Wall Street Journal as one of my primary conduits of information, yep. In, in general, because I just I like it. I like their website. I like their writing. Um, I like their information, so I, I go there, and they always have the markets kind of over on the right side of the front page, right. And there's been a lot of red. 
been a lot. Uh, there's been, there's a, been a, lot a lot of red since January, been, all I the mean, way up until the end of June. So bloody, bloody red. Where you look yeah. at it and like, whoa. I mean, almost to the point where I don't like to let my eyes wander over there. And and that's good, actually. I signed on today, and Martin, it's all green. It's there's this just it's gorgeous green. It's like the Jets and the Eagles are playing each other. <laughs> <laughs> right there on the screen, in, in, and they're in both their home wearing, jerseys. They're both wearing their home jerseys, and it's just, it's beautiful green everywhere. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, the S and P five hundred, Nasdaq, the Russell two thousand, the Dow Jones Total Market. Everything is green. Ribbon, yeah. What's up? Um. Well, man, it it actually kind of started back the end of June. And we talked about it a little bit on, you know, in, in previous episodes or previous shows where, um, you know, at some point there will be this, the pendulum swung too far. And uh, I think we even broke it down, if my memory serves me correct, kind of talking about, um, you know, hurricanes, like the market priced in a category three hurricane. And my opinion was that, that it wasn't a category three, that maybe it was a tropical storm, uh, a category one yeah, that was probably going to glance us and not hit us head on too. I remember that. Um, yeah. You know, and unfortunately kind of what happens in markets and I, I talk about the markets, like they're a living, breathing person. Obviously they're not, but they are. They're just a culmination of living, breathing, emotional human beings. Um, but it just tends to, to go to worst case scenario right out of the, out of the gate. It's kind of like if you have that buddy, that immediately goes super negative about everything. That's kind of how the markets generally tend to react. So, you know, second quarter, there was a lot of nervousness about, um, you know, that we were in a recession. Uh, there was a lot of talks of it. You know, energy prices were were soaring. Uh, there was a lot of just uncertainty in the markets. And when there is a lot of uncertainty, just like during COVID, just like when, you know, there were a lot of times when Trump was in office where, you know, we had tensions with China, which is kind of, you know, rearing its ugly little head again, where markets just have uncertainty. And when there's uncertainty, it doesn't know what to do. So it just goes to worst case scenario and just drops like a rock. Well, kind of what happened the end of June, the beginning of July, there was this little bit of footing that markets were getting under them. The, the news that was coming out was still not great, but it wasn't as bad as you know, as, 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 as had been expected, what kind of happened at the end of July, um, markets kind of started to fed comments, got a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit more, there's a little bit more certainty in fed comments. Markets started kind of taking off a little bit and, and returns are lumpy. It, it's never, a you know, it, uh, goes up by 1%, you know, for 30 days and then you're up 30%. It'll come in lumps. It'll be like, you know, three days, 10% each day, and then bam, you're, you're all back in. Um, and that's kind of what's happened, man. We had some very lumpy, you know, end of July, last week of July, markets were up almost 10%. And then this, the inflation number came out uh, yesterday. And we had <laughs> talked about, we're going to get into that too. And we had talked about on the show that, you know, we thought it, that I thought inflation was going to, was going to peak somewhere around late summer. I thought it would be, you know, August, September. That was kind of my prediction. And that, uh, you know, we were going to get a rate hike in September, but that I thought it would be, you know, less than what it has been. Uh, so what happened was, you know, the inflation number came in 
Uh, core inflation actually did not change, but headline inflation, the difference there being uh, core inflation does not include um, energy prices and food, uh, where headline inflation does include energy prices and food. And uh, the headline inflation came down, came in, you know, under expectations and it, and it dropped slightly. Uh, so that was, you know, kind of positive news for, for the market saying the Fed probably will not be as aggressive uh, in rate hikes. Um, and the 10-year treasury, which I know I'm speaking Greek to a lot of folks, but this is how we look at things too. Okay. The 10-year treasury at its highest point was at 3.5%. And I didn't look at it this morning, but yesterday it was at like at 2.77%. So it has come, the, the yield has come down you know, pretty significantly. Um, and the 10 year treasury <clears throat> is what a lot of analysts use as a quote unquote risk free return when analyzing stocks. And we're getting real into the weeds, but the lower that number is, the better it is for stocks. Okay. So interest rates have actually, the 10 year note, the 10 year interest rate has actually come down, you know, by 75, three quarters of a percent, even in the face of the Fed hiking you know, the Fed funds rate, which is the overnight rate that banks lend money to each other. All right. Let me ask you a question here, because I'm, yep. I'm, re I'm reading some paragraphs as I try to prepare somewhat educated questions Go for, it. for you. And then we'll talk about Social Security, too. OK, uh, we talked. This is the Wall Street Journal. They're talking about, uh, you know, Wall Street back on track to build on gains today after a softer than expected inflation reading. Raised hopes that the Federal Reserve may soon moderate the pace of its interest rate increases. We've talked a lot about that. Yep. Uh, the pace of price increases slowed in July as energy costs dropped, pulling annual inflation down slightly from a four-decade high. Yep. Consumer price index rose 8.5% from the same month a year earlier. The NASDAQ Composite Index, here's my question. I want you yep. to tell me what this means. The NASDAQ Composite Index roared back into bull territory on Wednesday, rising 2.9%, ending a bear market that was the longest since 2008. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 1.6%. S&P 500 gained 2.1%. All three major indexes, as we told you earlier, are up in early Thursday trading. So just for the people like me who are kind of using this show as an educational tool to yeah. know things, um, quickly talk bull territory, bear market. What does that kind of mean? Yeah. And man, that's kind of a, it's kind of a weatherman thing too, where you can ask 10 different weathermen what the weather is going to be. And you might get 10 different answers. Um, we'll, we'll just talk about the difference between bulls and bears. Cause then you hear things about, you know, we're in a, you know, secular in a bear, you know, drawdown in a secular bull market. And you're like, what in the hell did they just say? Um, so you know, bull markets generally tend to, um, you know, to to mean that there's strength, there's going to be rising markets. And we were in a a very long bull market from 2009 all the way through 2020. Um, and then some folks say that the 37% drawdown during COVID of the S&P 500 ended this quote unquote secular bull market. Secular meaning the long term, uh, not meaning, you know, like non-Christian pop culture. Um, and then so some folks say we entered a bear market and then exited it very quickly during 2020. I, I disagree with that. I think we were still in 
a, a position of strength and we just had a pullback. We had a drawdown inside of a very long, um, you know, bull run. So generally bear markets are kind of when you expect to have long term, you know, uh, negative returns in a, in a market. Now that doesn't mean that it's going to be, you know, down 50%. You could have a bear market that lasts for, and bear markets are usually much shorter than bulls, but kind of like a bear market's kind of like a ninja. It kind of comes in in the middle of the night and just destroys and kills everything very quickly. Kind of like, I guess a bear would do if you pissed it off and taunted it, it would just, you know, maul you and, and kill you. Uh, but bears generally tend to last, you know, 18 months to three years. And you might have a, you know, negative 10%, negative 15. The kind of the last bear market we had was the early 2000s. Um, you know, 2008 was definitely a, I mean, a great recession. Uh, and, and you can call that a, a bear too. That was pretty dramatic. Uh, but to, like the 2001 through 2003 timeframe, we had, you know, a couple of years of negative returns. Uh, and that's just kind of when economic cycles like have to restart a business cycle ebbs and flows. It goes up, it peaks, it comes down, it hits a trough. Then it, it's like rinse, wa rinse, wash, repeat. Then it starts growing again and then it peaks and then it declines and then there's a trough. Um, so bear markets generally tend to be, you know, the trough part of the business cycle or the economic cycle and stocks, you know, are ownership slices of real businesses. So they are, sure. you know, it's the, it, the, and businesses have that cycle. Now the kind of the crazy thing, and this is where an advisor comes in really handy is just because there's one section of the market that's down really bad, like technology was down significantly. And the NASDAQ really kind of represents tech for the most part. That's kind of a broad stroke, but it's a pretty accurate stroke. Um, and the NASDAQ was down significantly this year. It was down like 33%. But last year, tech is what was ripping. That was where your returns were. So you have different parts of the market react differently in different phases of the business cycle. And advisors who are, you know, who are really in tune with what's going on will be making adjustments in your portfolio to, I mean, we can't mitigate all the risk or else I would be a billionaire and all of my clients would be billionaires. Um, we can't mitigate every single risk, but we can, you know, but we can really kind of mute um, depending on if we really are in the cycle we think we're in. And that's where this part of the business really kind of becomes, you know, science meets art. And so you got to have like, you know, the mad scientist or the mad artist as a really good advisor that can see both sides. Okay. One of the things we do here a lot is I always ask you, so where are things going, right? You know, what's, what's coming and, and still the people out there, and I'm, I'm including myself among the people out there, we see green and we see that gas prices are dropping and there's some positive right. signs, but inflation is still happening. Like mm -hmm. uh, the president of the United States, Joe Biden, earlier this week um, made some headlines with touting zero inflation. He goes, I just want to tell you one number is zero. He said zero inflation. And of course we're in a, it's August, the election, the midterm elections are less than three months away. We're in spin mode. You've got, we've talked about this a lot. You've got the left-wing left media, right-wing media, and everyone's spinning. But what's not, 
what's not debatable is it's still more expensive at the pump. It's still more expensive at the grocery store. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There, there is inflation. Um, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported Wednesday that the consumer price index rose not at all in July. That produced the biggest drop in the 12-month inflation rate since price increases took off last year. It had Biden touting zero inflation. The slowdown came largely from volatile energy prices, which had soared in June. Gasoline prices declined 7.7% from June after peaking at an average of more than $5 a gallon nationwide. But prices continued to rise across most of the rest of the economy. Food prices rose 1.1% in July and are up 10.9% over last year. Groceries that families take home rose even faster at 1.3% for the month, 13.1% over the last 12 months. Core CPI, as you were talking about a minute ago, which excludes food and energy, rose 0.3%, 5.9% for the last 12 months. All of this has pummeled real wages, the Wall Street Journal writes, which will need more than a few good months to catch up with the cost of living. Workers finally regained some ground in July as inflation-adjusted hourly earnings rose half a percentage point, the first increase since last September. But real average hourly earnings are still down 3% in the past year. Add that to a decline in the average work week since a year ago, and the result is a 3.6% drop in real weekly pay, real weekly pay for the average american so did is biden and i know he's spinning because that's what politicians do yeah all of them do. i don't blame biden for spinning i don't I, I i do blame the media for playing along but regardless that's another subject for another day we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, the, the average person at home is, is the, is the crisis almost over or is, is this still something that people need to be worried about for a while? Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm not going to use the, the word worry, worried about, but no, this is not going away just because inflation started abating, you know, this, this month is, it's not, it's not, it's a, it took a long, it took a little bit of a road to get here and it's going to take a little bit of a road to get down. Now, it's not going to stay where it is long-term. Um, but I do think that when we settle, we actually are going to settle at a little bit higher rate of inflation than, than the average. And the average that the fed is trying to hit <clears throat> is like a two to two and a half percent annualized inflation. So we're just talking math here now from 2010 through 2021 inflation was for the most part like nothing uh barely registered for that period of time so that has brought you know that 10 and that's one of the fed's mandates too is you know um full employment and you know and inflation you know two and two and two to two and a half percent annualized long term so just to get there we either had to have one of two or no i'm not gonna say that Two things need to happen or a combination of the two, which I think the combination is what's going to, what's playing out. We're either going to have to have, you know, really, really high inflation for a shorter period of time to get that average back to 2%, or we were going to have, you know, high inflation for a, you know, a reasonable amount of time followed by a slightly above average inflation number, you know, a little bit longer term, which is easier to digest than you know, than a high one for hyperinflation for a short period of time. And I say hyperinflation, I shouldn't have said that because in the U S we are not anywhere close to that's, that was a, that'd be like spinning, uh, like what the politicians do do. And that's, that's not true. Uh, cause hyperinflation is, is not existent here, but one of the things that's kind of a leading, you know, indicator of, of where inflation is going and, and, and you know, this, and we all know it sometimes we just don't always play it through to the end is, is energy prices. Uh, energy prices are going up first, then the price of everything else is going to go up after because all the input costs now cost more. Energy, when energy prices, every energy prices, drive everything. everything. Yeah. It's the wet part of the ocean. It is, it touches every industry. There's no, I mean, even my industry and we haven't done it and I have been hesitant to talk about it, but like our costs at Pinnacle have gone up, you know, pretty significantly um, for just our, you know, we call them fixed costs, but obviously they're not fixed because, because <laughs> they've gone up. Um, <clears throat> but we have not passed, you know, passed that along to our, to our clients when a lot of folks in our industry are saying, Hey, you know, everything's costing more. Uh, so I've got to go up on my prices by, you know, 2% or 3%. Uh, I mean, and I wouldn't think you wouldn't think that it would affect my industry, right? I mean, like it hasn't uh, affected rivals.com. The price of the <laughs> rivals.com subscription 
remains the same today that it was in uh, the Thomas Jefferson administration. It's incredible. We are not impacted. In the Jefferson administration. I feel like we should break out into Hamilton now. We are inflation, uh, inflation proof. It's incredible. It's well, I guess I should incredible. say, you know, Pinnacle is too. Well, we're not inflation proof because we're filling it on the, you know, on our input costs. Yeah. But, you know, we're just not passing it along to our, to our clients. All that means is that my margins shrink and that's everywhere. So like if you have higher energy prices, you have two choices, you know, as a business owner. You either absorb it and it just means that you make, you know, less of an income at the end of the year, or if you're, you know, an industry leader, um, and you're, you know, you're the, the top of the trough, um, you know, you pass those along to your customers or your clients and, uh, you know, and if, and if, and if you're an industry leader, then they probably pay it so that, you know, that they can keep purchasing or using whatever uh, product or service that. Um, you know, that you're selling. But anyway, so energy is a leading indicator. And so energy has kind of started to abate, and uh, which we'll expect to see, you know, prices on other things will start abating a little bit too, but it's, it doesn't happen as quick. The funny thing is, is people are really, really fast to raise prices. Our businesses are really fast to raise prices, uh, but they're slower to, you know, to decrease you know, or drop those prices. And it's kind of like, um, you know, even you see it with, um, oh, hell, uh, my mind went blank on what example, uh, I was about to use, but anyway, it's, it's irrelevant. It's, it's just one, oh, it's banks with interest rates. So like, I got a letter from my bank for a line of credit that I have. And, uh, it told me, Hey, you know, your line of credit interest rate was, you know, X based off of, interest rates. Um, now it's gone up by just so happened 75 basis points, which was, <laughs> you know, the fed fund rate. But I also have deposits at that bank. Uh, and my interest that I collect on my deposits there has not risen at all period. But so what they charge me to borrow money has gone up. Like, you know, as, as soon as an interest rate, a new interest rate is released, bam, it goes up. But but they pay me on my deposit has not moved in, uh, you know, in since the beginning of the year. So, and kind of businesses naturally do that. They're quick to raise their prices, uh, very slow to drop them if they ever, if they ever drop them. So I think we'll start seeing, I guess that was a really long drawn out discussion of, you know, should people be worried? I would say worry is not the right term that I would use. Uh, I think in, people can be encouraged by the direction that things are heading. Um, is it going to happen overnight? No, it's not. Uh, I would be surprised if we're back down to, you know, what I call normal inflation rates by, you know, by next year, I think it's going to take that long to kind of slowly work itself out. And it may be longer than that. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a lot that's there. It's going to take more time than that. Um, there is one group of people it's good for though. Who? Social security beneficiaries or retirees they're going to get another raise this year last year they got like a i can't remember like a nine percent raise on their social security benefit because it's it's it follows cpi inflation and uh and this year they're probably going to get <laughs> you know another eight or nine percent raise so con congratulations to all of our folks who are retired they're out there listening 
What's interesting is that jobless claims rose to new 20, 2022 high. Um, new applications for unemployment benefits edged higher to 262,000 last week, been on an upward trend since reaching a 50-year low in March. U.S. productivity fell for the second straight quarter. U.S. non-farm labor productivity fell at a seasonally adjusted rate of 4.6%. I mean, there's there's a lot of numbers that are kind of working against the the notion that, hey, all is well, zero inflation, it's over, let's move on. We're doing great. Yeah, and, and the labor numbers, not to play devil's advocate to you, but I'm going to play devil's advocate to you. Um, so we are under the target employment number long-term. Uh, and that actually does kind of help, which sounds crazy to say this. It does help if that unemployment number does drift up just a little bit. Um, and it'll, it'll also help because that also means that folks – businesses are no longer like going to be chasing folks with, with money just to get them to be able to work that, that we'll get back to some type of normalcy. Now, is that going to happen, you know, overnight? It won't, it won't happen overnight. Um, so there is a little bit of silver lining in, you know, rising unemployment. Now, if unemployment was, you know, six, seven, 8% again, that's definitely not a, that's not a good thing. And, and, and really they're trying to thread, the fed is trying to thread a needle and one of the one of the terms I used years ago when we were talking on the show because I use it all the time was you know they're they have a really thin tightrope they're walking across right now on a you know 170 stories in the sky with no safety net so any one wrong step and they are totally screwed and the economy is totally screwed they have an impossible job and they are trying to thread a needle um, and that's when you hear people say you know, soft landing, a soft landing means that the fed is able to, you know, <clears throat> slightly bring down inflation without throwing us into, you know, a huge recession, um, you know, keep unemployment levels and a checked healthy average and get, you know, and get the economy back to full bore. And to be able to do that is like, you almost have to have luck and, you know, and, and things go, uh, and do the work that you're supposed to do happen all simultaneously. It's like hitting a, throwing a no hitter, you know, in a, in a baseball game, it's skill and a little bit of luck too. And that's, and that's what the fed is facing. They got to throw a no hitter and, you know, probably not going to throw a no hitter, but so far, so far we're on track. We'll see if we end that way. Um, you wanted to talk about a couple things before we got into this IRS story, which I find to be absolutely <laughs> fascinating. So before we, before we go there, what, what else did you want to touch on today? Well, man, I think, you know, people, I'll just say this, like folks that are, that are opening up their statements, um, from July are finally going to have, uh, you know, they're going to breathe easy. The markets were up, you know, 10%, um, almost, 10% in July, the S and P was, um, and then August has been off to, you know, a very encouraging start. Uh, you know, we have clawed back or I say we, the S and the, the S and P has clawed back, you know, a little more than half of its losses, you know, from its bottom. So we're kind of, we're at the inflection point, you know, of halfway there and Reed and I kind of, you know, go back and forth on what do we think is, which way do we think is going to, it's going to go and read. It's funny. I mean, I'm the bond guy, which usually the bond guys are, 
uh, very conservative uh, in their outlooks and generally kind of pessimistic. Uh, Reed is our stock guy. Stock guys are generally very optimistic uh, and a little bit more aggressive in their outlooks. And and we're opposite. Like I'm the bond guy who's optimistic and <laughs> and a little bit aggressive, and he's the stock guy that's pessimistic and and a little more conservative. Um, but we really don't see barring you know some type of conflict where China invades Taiwan and you know just uh flash their testicles at us and give us the your number one sign uh you know that could cause some issues uh i don't think we're going to get a ton of stupid policy um anymore for the rest well i say that i hope we don't get any more stupid policy for the rest of the year um just because it's a midterm a midterm year but there is some interesting stuff that's happening and we'll dive into the irs and i just want to i want to light the dynamite and throw it and just kind of walk away to see what, <laughs> what the, what the re response is. But, you know, the invasion by the FBI at Mar-a-Lago could do some, I, I mean, I think it could do some crazy stuff for um, sentiment for midterm elections. And I, no way. how do you feel? I mean, I, I kind of think that could blow up in the Democrats face. Um, with i thought they gave donald trump an absolute gift yeah um, i they mean gave him the microphone dude i'm trying to to give them credit here in my mind and think you know he's the guy that they probably want to run against and maybe by strengthening him they ensure that he's the guy that they do run against but you go raid his home by the way, MSNBC had an FBI guy on yesterday, and he was saying they didn't like the word raid. And literally, as the broadcast was happening, they changed the graphic to take the word raid out. It was unbelievable. But that's um, what they did. Yeah. It was a raid. And we, if, when, when, you, when you raid the, the home of a former president, yep. I mean, he's been out of office for less than two years. And it appears that he is at least contemplating, and that's probably putting it mildly, running for office <laughs> again. Yes. When you when you do that, and you come away with, and, and listen, maybe there's still time. Maybe they're going to come away with the great smoking gun, and they're going to go lock him up, right? Maybe, it, but I I I bet against it at this point. Yeah. When it just looks like, oh, we went after some records, okay, but you didn't do that to other people. I mean, yep. uh, uh, this. You, you look like you're. This is personal, yep. and that rallies people around Trump. And Trump has this base that is incredibly. Oh, loyal. dude, I see it on my Facebook feeds. Yeah, it's incredibly loyal, and I, I think they just did him a big favor because yeah. I think I think before this he was losing momentum because more and more people were writing and people were read, like the Wall Street Journal wrote. You know, the the one thing the Republicans can do that's going to hurt them, the only thing is is putting Trump back on the top of the ticket. And there's a lot of, you know, sentiment for Ron DeSantis, and there's there's some, some growing sentiment or at least, you know, consideration for other candidates. And listen, this presidential thing's going to get rolling here soon. I mean, this yep. thing is coming. I mean, as soon as the November thing ends, we've talked about that on this show, It's it's going to get crazy. I just think they did him a favor. I think so too. Well, and then also the, not even the him part of the favor, but so can you, what, 
imagine if this gives enough momentum to the right to take the house and the Senate, what is to stop them once they control both chambers to go, okay, you want to play hardball? Uh, we're going to play hardball. Now we're coming after, you know, you guys on the left and we're getting that damn laptop and we're going to release everything we find in it. And if there is something in there with the big guy, what, I mean, that's going to, I mean, I mean, they're playing, they're playing political war right now. And I just can't imagine that the, the right is going to roll over and say, okay, well, we're going to let you beat us up a little bit and we're going to take the house. We'll take both chambers, but we're not going to do anything to you. I think it just starts a, I think it starts a political war between the two parties. Oh, you think it starts one? I, th I think they're already in one and you're right. No, you're right. You're right. They are already in one. Um, you know, it's, they just fired the first shot. That was a big, invasion. And, that, and that was a big shot to fire. Um, yeah. You know, the other story that's out there is um, this. You got two stories that are out there right now that are impact the economy, I think, in, in, in different ways. One is this uh, what appears is going to pass this tax and climate bill. Um, is that the one that they called um, the uh, Inflation Reduction? Inflation Reduction Act would provide. That actually does nothing to reduce inflation it would provide 80 billion dollars to the irs which aims to hire 87,000 new agents and i think what people fear here i mean I, I said this the other day i i've never been more thankful to pay an accountant every month uh than i have been as as my business has grown as my business has become more complicated as it became obvious that there was no way that I understood tax code well enough to take care of my um, tax burden in a way that, that made sense. I just hired somebody to help me. And now I'm so glad because people like me, small business owners, according to everyone who's covering this, are the people that are going to be audited. All of these new employees are going to come in loaded for bear, right? They're going to have to come in and they're going to start auditing people. This this feels like you can't help but wonder in today's environment if this is going to be a kind of a coordinated attack among on people who don't share similar viewpoints as the the current regime in power. I know that sounds paranoid, but I'm not the only person that feels that way. No, and then and I don't know, I and I never saw the uh the job posting, but of course I've seen the the um screenshotted uh reposts of you know saying that that the irs ag agents need to be ready to be armed and uh and may have to use deadly force i was like for what <laughs> what are our irs irs agents going to come knock on my door and shoot me if i don't pay my delinquent tax bill is that where we're is that where we're headed i, I don't know i mean it's kind of crazy that they would on the posting put and i mean i'm not i'm again i'm not this is not me putting my tenfold conspiracy theorist hat on because I don't own a tenfold hat, but it is kind of weird. It's just kind of weird, man, that, uh, I mean, we're ramping up the IRS. I think, I think most of the American public would probably say, Hey, um, there's th better things that we can focus our energy and our resources on than invading Mar-a-Lago and, and hiring 87,000 IRS 
agents. Like, this I think is, there's this is an opinion piece, Martin, in the Washington Post. Okay, I don't think the Washington Post is ever going to get confused with Fox News anytime. <laughs> so, this is the Washington Post. It says the IRS Expansion Act is what some Republicans are calling the massive tax and spend bill passed by the 50 members of the Senate Democratic Caucus with the tie-breaking vote of Vice President Harris on Sunday. Democrats used their tiny margin in the upper chamber to call the bill the Inflation Reduction Act, the name right out of a comedy club. Senator James Lankford, Republican of Oklahoma, my cousin works in his office, read the emperor's new clothes out loud on the Senate floor to communicate his disbelief that the Democrats would choose this moment to sell a tax and spend measure as a check against inflation. Here's another joke moving in GOP circles. Why did Democrats stay in session until the middle of August in an election year, and what did they pass as their signature item for their fall campaigns? The answer, 87,000 new IRS agents. The Post reported last week that the IRS's prolific enforcement capabilities, which bring in, on average, better than $10 in revenue for every $1 spent pursuing audits, are often trained on the most economically vulnerable taxpayers. More than half of the agency's audits in 2021 were directed at taxpayers with incomes less than $75,000, according to IRS data. The Post story continued, more than 4 in 10 of its audits targeted recipients of the Earned Income Tax Credit, one of the country's main anti-poverty measures. What will the IRS do with $80 billion in new funds or find the 87,000 new workers who would be phased in over a decade to do it? Go after richer, high-value targets, at least in theory. The Congressional Budget Office estimated the IRS booster funds will reduce the deficit by about $200 billion. But if the agency's metric of success remains the same, audits yielding increased payments from taxpayers, such estimates are little more than guesswork. What matters most is that with this provision of the weekend spending spree, Democrats have handed Republicans a gift of an issue, and they did it to pay for their new spending on all their pet projects. By Monday morning, after a round of Sunday shows that featured Senator Ben Cardin, a Democrat from Maryland, explaining that Americans would cheer the waterfall of new audits, some Democratic staffers were retreating on Twitter, noting that much of the cash airlift to the IRS was for improved technology. Even so, it was too late. The bill had been branded. The Democrats are the party of the IRS and of wealthy people claiming federal tax credits for new electric vehicles and solar panels for their second homes. Not one House Republican will vote for it on Friday. I mean, it's not wrong. You know, if the United States government was my client, I would have to fire them. Because they would be the client that I say, hey, you come to me and you say, you want security. You want to know that you're going to be um, you know, have a dignified retirement, yet you make $100,000 a year and you spend $250,000 a year. The solution is very simple. You don't have an earnings problem. You have a spending problem. So stop spending. Give me the credit cards. I'm going to cut them up. I'm taking your checkbook from you and you don't get to write checks anymore because you are not responsible enough to write checks. If, that, if the United States government was my client, I, that's what I would have to say right before I tell them, you know what, this is this is not this is not going to work for me and it's not going to work for you so 
I think you need to find a new advisor. Yeah, here's another paragraph. If you're Democrats, you, you have to be worried here. Vulnerable Democratic senators, Maggie Hassan in tax-hating New Hampshire and Catherine Cortez Masto in the cash economy destination that is Nevada, convinced themselves that voters would not mind this vast regathering of power into the most feared agency in government. The GOP senators saw the messaging opportunity that comes with expanded tax enforcement. President Biden's legacy is going to be a vastly expanded IRS and soaring inflation. I mean, dude. All right. Who I'm not trying to make I this... mean, I mean, there's no way you can look at this from a strategic standpoint and go, hey, this is a great idea to pass this in a midterm. No, no, it was a blunder. To... It was a blunder and, for sure. But it shows you this is my opinion. And I realize this is a financial show, but this is people's IRS coming after your money. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about tax code too. Just so it, it shows you that the people that are making the decisions for the Democratic Party right now are the far left of the left. And it's people who really care nothing about anything other than power. And there's no way to, to, to see all of this and think, yeah, this is going to be a fair this if if they get their wish, this is going to be fairly enforced. No, this is they're going to go after they're going to go after small business owners yep. who have enough money to do well, but not enough money to hire a quadri quadri of, of, of high priced attorneys. Right. And they're gonna to try to scare those people. Yeah, they're just gonna write a check. And those people typically lean which way, Martin? Right or left? The small business owners? Yes. Uh, dude, I'm going to say most small business owners probably lean a little to the right. I mean, I would say that the vast majority of them lean pretty well to the right. Yep. And those are the people that have been getting soaked on taxes, and now you're going to come after them with audits and such, yep. trying to take advantage of, oh, you made a mistake with your tax here, instead of, it, it's, this is going to get so divisive and so political, I, I, I think, we we were talking about Trump a little while ago and what they did with the raid and sen giving him a gift. This is if you're running in a senate in a senatorial race as a Republican against yeah, a this is, Democrat, this is what this, you use. This you was hit him every time with this. This was a gift. You just hammered them with this. Yeah. Well, and dude, so we have a little which I'm. It's not, you know, uh, it's not a novel to us. It's. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of business owners and people out there who use the same acronym, but. You know, when we start talking about things that get really, really complex, um, you know, we just kind of go back when we're making decisions here at Pinnacle, we go back to, all right, hold on. This is getting, you know, not to quote Walter from the Big Lebowski, but I mean, or the dude from the Big Lebowski, but it's it's like if it's a, if it's at a point to where it's getting so complex, like us making it more complex is not actually going to fix it. It's just going to make going to create more problems. So we go reverse and we go, let's try to find the simplest solution. And that's probably the best, you know, the best things to do is like, like Occam's razor, you know, find the most simple route. And that's, that's going to be the best route. So if the tax code is so complex that we've got to hire 87,000 new agents to enforce it, why don't we just not hire 87,000 new agents and reform the tax code and make it a little more simple? I mean, how about that for a solution? Yeah, this is the, here's the final paragraph to this column. I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but yeah, the 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 final paragraph in this column is 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 
he's nailed it. He says Republicans were at first dismayed that Senators Joe Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia, and Kristen Sinema, Democrat of Arizona, buckled under the pressure from their party's left wing. But say the IRS Expansion Act a few times, and it rolls off the tongue. When the senators went home late on Sunday, the writing was on the wall. Biden, Senate Majority Leader Charles E. Schumer, Democrat of New York, and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi are doubling the size of the IRS, and not one Republican is voting for the measure. Everything else is noise, and now the campaign begins. And now the campaign begins. I mean, he's right. I mean, dude, they gave him a club. It was like, here you go. You're going to hit me with this. And you're right. And I mean, and I don't mansion that mansion is not up for, he was just, he just went in as a Senator. Correct. Yeah. Well, mansion has been a long time Senator. I don't, I don't think he's, yeah, but I mean his term, his yeah, term just went yeah, in. Yeah, I think he just started a new term. So yep. I, I think he's got four so he's, years before. Yeah, he he's on. not, his seat's not, not uh, in jeopardy, but, uh, but man, gosh, yeah. For the ones that their seats are in jeopardy, it's, they did give a gift. And man, I try to stay bipartisan as much as I can about the stuff, but gosh, man, this one is this they just kind of clearly delineate <laughs> this one is there's not much bipartisan. There's zero bipartisanship. Actually, I shouldn't say. Yeah, that no, it's, it's it's zero. Yeah, there's there's nothing. I'm I'm looking at um Yeah, and I mean and, and I and I guess to to while you're looking to reel it back into you know, to the things that we talk about on a daily basis, you know, the tax code is super important um, for for everyone in in America. I mean, it, it affects everyone that listens to our show, whether they're in retirement, whether they're, you know, in in their uh, in their careers, um, because no one can escape it. And the 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 biggest unknown for folks, especially in their working years is what is the tax code going to look like when I retire? You know, cause we make assumptions when we're planning with folks about what the tax code is going to look like, but it could be totally different. And if tax code is where we pay, you know, 40, 50% tax, that totally changes the game on, you know, on what you have to do in retirement. And the people who are the winners are folks who really, you know, bite the bullet, rip the bandaid off, and are socking their money away, you know, in either the Roth version of their 401ks or the Roth version of their IRAs. And um, because, you know, the taxes due in the end when you withdraw is zero. Well, today it is. But I guess, you know, government, you know, the uh, Congress could come in and with the stroke of a pen. I mean, there would be it would be upheaval. I would I would like to be a, a wallflower. Uh for that because it would just be insanity but it's possible yeah um i guess the one thing that will be interesting is like i was just looking at 538.com we're about to go in a second to 538.com they 60 percent chance that the democrats hold the senate uh 40 chance that the republicans take the senate it's meanwhile it's about it's almost an 80 percent it's like 79 point something percent 80% chance that the Republicans take the House. So the good news is, and I've said this for a while, after all of this acrimony, what we what we probably need for a little while is some deadlock. Yep. And we'll get it. And then you get into a presidential election between who knows who. Just So did you say that they said 60% chance the, that the Democrats, Democrats hold the Senate? The Senate? Yeah, what's interesting in the Senate races is, is – 
the seats that are coming up? Yeah, well, the Roe v. Wade ruling had helped yeah. the Democrats. A lot of the numbers with moderates had shifted back that way. That makes sense. And now you wonder if this will shift it back the other way because people do vote with their pocketbooks. And sure. the anger about the whole IRS thing is, is going to be legitimately there. Well, hey, the only well, time they didn't vote with their pocketbooks was uh, this last presidential election, right? Which is yeah, kind of crazy. Which was, you know, well... What I'd love to know, and history maybe will bear this out, is 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 what happens if 2020 was just a normal year and not a COVID slash George Floyd summer of protest yeah. year that turned into just utter chaos. I I think Trump was on his way to reelection, but I get, we'll never know. Nope. You know, we will uh, not. All right, we that wasn't the case. No, he did not. Uh, he 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 was beaten in in a election that people will be talking about for a, a year that people will be talking about for a long time. So, yep. uh, speaking of, we'll be uh, back again next Thursday. I think that's the plan. Might 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 be shifting to a Friday here and there as we go, but we're we'll, it won't really impact you. You'll get a you'll get a podcast at the end of each week. So uh, until next week, for Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Thanks for making us a part of your week. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you again on Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. Don't forget, it's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.